My wife and I often didn't have the words we needed during our darkest seasons of infertility. In the midst of disappointment after disappointment and a cycle of manufactured hope turning into lost hope, grief and anger, our life together felt like a constant dark night of the soul. And well-meaning people would often try to attempt encouragement through saying something hopeful or positive. In other words, they were trying to find our silver lining. But what that experience taught me is finding someone else's silver lining isn't helpful. And there is something better that you can do. So let's talk about that. You're listening to Both And, a podcast that explores what it means to evolve as a human and how your personal growth will impact your life and your business and those really big dreams that you have. Life isn't one thing 100% of the time. And neither are you or your dreams or your business. And when you learn to embrace all that life offers, that's when the magic happens. And when you can understand that you're a work in progress, you'll start to see your journey as just as important as the destination. Your dreams and your life matter. So let's create something meaningful with both. I'm your host, Gentry Lesby, and I know you're here for a reason, so stick around and let's find out what it is. Welcome back. Welcome back, my friend. It is so good to have you here. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time, welcome to the Botham Podcast. I hope that you enjoy it and find something that is meaningful and impactful for you and for your life. So we're talking about silver linings, and... I would imagine most of you have heard the phrase silver lining before. It's often a question that we hear something like, what is the silver lining? And I think at its core, it really, it means to see the glimmer of hope, to see the glimmer of optimism during difficult situations. And don't get me wrong, the idea of silver linings is solid. The idea that we find what is good and we speak it, we express it, we acknowledge it, those are good things. You know, to see the glimmer of hope shining forth through a dark night, that is a really good thing. And as a personal practice, I am 100% behind us all learning to find the silver lining as a personal practice. Did you catch that? But I'm not okay with us finding the silver lining as an attempt to soothe other people. Because as I'm going to share, I now see how that's not helpful, especially when people are going through trauma, especially when people are going through grief, especially when people are in the midst of pain. Finding their silver lining doesn't help. I did get curious, though, and I wanted to know where the phrase originated from. And apparently, John Milton wrote a poem back in 1634. Gosh, that's such a long time ago. And he coined the phrase, as we currently know it. The poem is, I'm going to read it to you. I see ye visibly, and now believe, that he, the supreme good, 
to whom all things ill are but as slavish officers of vengeance, would send a glistering guardian, if need were, to keep my life and honor unassailed. Was I deceived, or did a sable cloud turn forth her silver lining on a night? I did not err. There does a sable cloud turn forth her silver lining on the night, and cast a gleam over this tufted grove. That's a mouthful. Essentially, he took the idea of a night cloud backlit by the moon, casting a silver edge along the cloud, and he compared it to hope. Solid as something hopeful. And I have seen this before, and I've seen this in the clouds before, and I, I do find the imagery to be beautiful, especially at night. And I can think of many times where I've been walking along a beach at night, and you can just see the clouds expanding all over the ocean. And the moon is the only thing that's there to light them up, and there'll be a few dark clouds, and they've got this silver edge peeking through. It's kind of both eerie and beautiful. So I understand how someone back in 1634, who was going through a dark night, saw this beautiful silver lining of a cloud as something hopeful. Starting a podcast was something I put off for a long time, but now that I've actually done it, I haven't looked back. And I know there are so many of you listening that want to start your own show. You've got an idea, but you just haven't gotten started yet. Well, this is your sign to start. The world needs to hear what you have to say. Podcasting is a really easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. I get asked what software I use to host my own podcast, and Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. The show can be online and listed with all the major directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing. So I've got a link for you in the show notes. It lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you. Plus, if you sign up using that link, you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card. And bonus, you help support this show. So head to gentrylesby.com forward slash Buzzsprout and start your podcast today. Well, when my wife and I were first trying to start a family, there was so much excitement. There was hope. There was positivity. We had dreams about little kids running around. We had discussions about names and personalities. Talked about how if they have a little bit of my stubbornness, we are in trouble. or my wife's stubbornness, we're in trouble. It was just this fun thing to just dream about our family. And it was our secret, as it usually is. Most people aren't public about when they're trying to have kids. So no one knew we were trying. And no one needed to know we were trying because it was going to work out. My wife was going to get pregnant and we were going to get to announce our little bundle of joy to the world just like every other couple gets to. You know, that's that's how we felt in the moment. But then it was month of month of negative news. And my personal sky went from bright and sunny to cloudy and gray. 
and slowly this big blue beautiful sky was becoming cluttered with rain clouds and each month of disappointment brought a new cloud and each month my sky got a little darker and so did my optimism i am and have been historically a positive half glass full kind of guy and i know that i have many 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 times found the silver lining for other people who are going through a hard time and i'm sharing that now because it's important for you to know that this is something that i had to grow and evolve in this process of not finding someone else's silver lining is something that my own journey with grief taught me. So that's my little disclaimer uh, as we get farther into this conversation. So we were trying and it's month after month of bad news. And I would say the day we decided to pursue medical intervention via a fertility clinic that was the first day it rained, metaphorically, of course. And it's because I wanted to start a family in the same way others did. I didn't want shots and I didn't want bright lights and doctors and sterile rooms. And I didn't want all the expenses and the in, impersonal approach that comes with the journey of infertility. It just all felt, it all felt wrong. It all felt harder than it's supposed to be. And I was just angry. I didn't want that to be our journey. I had a a very linear idea of what starting a family looks like. And it wasn't working out that way for us. And now through our journey, I understand that starting a family often doesn't work out for people in a linear way. So many people share this story as well. So again, we're going month after month, procedure after procedure, disappointment after disappointment. And this dream of our little family felt farther and farther away. And my sky was now only storm clouds and the sun was setting and the moon was out, but it was just hidden behind a a wall of grief. And the months became years and a lot of tears. And we ended up deciding that this very personal journey of trying to start a family needed to become a public journey because we needed our friends and family's support. The grief was becoming too much for our hearts to hold alone. And we, Really, to be honest, we, we were also really tired of the insensitive comments from people. You know, words like, you know how sex works, right? Or nice to meet you. Do you have kids yet? What are you waiting for? It just, it felt like a constant barrage of insensitive comments. Because for people who haven't gone through this experience, they don't understand the pain of it 
unless they are willing to go deep into someone else's pain. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So we thought if we took our story public, it would help raise awareness around infertility and remove some of the stigmas and the disrespect and the insensitivity. And I think that in our little community of influence, we did exactly that. But sometimes what came in its place from some people was the silver lining. It was the comments that really attempted to find what was positive about our situation. You know, people inserting themselves into our process and trying to manipulate hope. Now, I, I understand that the words manipulate hope, they sound dramatic. They even sound dramatic to me as I say them. But in the middle of my grief, that's what it felt like. And when someone would say something positive to me, even as simple, even as simple as don't lose hope, good things are coming your way. It felt manipulative. and. I learned to respond to people by saying something like, I can't carry hope right now. I cannot see the good in this situation. But if you want to carry hope for us, please do. But don't ask me to do that. Through our journey, I learned three important lessons about Silver linings, this came through our ongoing season of grief. And I also feel like I figured out a much better strategy for what to do instead of finding the silver lining. The first is this experience taught me that silver linings are personal. And in the middle of really difficult seasons, things like grief, trauma, tragedy, sadness, it is essential to allow people the space to process in whatever very personal ways they need. Finding someone's silver lining becomes an unwelcomed injection into someone's personal process. When someone would try to find my silver lining, it felt like salt on a wound. And I, it did not feel like comfort, which I know is what people want to give. But we have to remember that the way we all grieve is so personal to us as individuals. And when you're in the middle of a hard season, you are often using so much energy just to survive. And when you can, if you have a little spare energy, you might have a little bit of hope or a little bit of optimism. But when you can't, I just want to tell you that's okay too. There has to be space for people to grieve and to hope. But it has to be on their terms. And it has to fit in with their unique being, their unique way of processing through whatever's happening. 
And as long as people are injecting their silver lining into someone else's process, it doesn't make space for that. The second thing is that silver linings aren't always silver to someone else. What someone views as positive or hopeful in a situation, that might be drastically different than what someone else thinks is hopeful or positive for that situation. It's interesting, if you think of the literal meaning behind a silver lining, this actual line of light shining through the edge of a cloud, you understand that your location on Earth determines whether you see that or not. Where you're standing and how you're looking up into the sky, your physical location will determine whether or not you see that silver lining. And I think it's the same with silver linings in this psychological way. You may see a silver lining that the person in grief can't see, but that's because you're standing somewhere else. You're not in their shoes. You're not standing where they are. And so the person that you share your silver lining with, to them, it can feel like you don't see them at all. And sometimes it can actually make the person going through the grief feel more isolated and alone because your injection of optimism is so far from their reality that you you no longer become a safe person for them. From the perspective of the person in grief, you have now shown that you don't understand or empathize, empathize, empathize with their situation. I often found that if I shared my grief with someone during our infertility journey and their response was to reply by finding a silver lining, I was shut down. I would feel unknown. I would feel unheard. I would feel dismissed. And I think it it comes back to this idea of silver linings look different to everyone based on where you're standing. And that takes me to my third lesson that I've learned about silver linings, which is that they are not the same as empathy and they do not serve the same purpose in any way whatsoever. Empathy is the ability to understand and to share someone else's feelings. And in order to understand what someone else feels, you have to place yourself in their experience. You have to step into what they are going through and not experience it how you would, but experience it how they are. Sharing or carrying someone else's feelings is messy. It is hard work and it is not easy. Empathy is not easy. It is so much simpler to share a silver lining, something from your perspective, than it is to share someone's grief. It's easier to find optimism than to carry sadness. It is simpler to soothe with unimpactful words than to soothe with empathy. I think that a silver lining wants to bypass empathy and jump straight to the end of grief. (laughs) 
as if as if there was an end to grief. It wants to shut down negative, difficult, hard feelings and bypass the process of processing. <laughs> Silver linings, they're so easy. But they're a cop-out. Let's just call them what they are. They're a cop-out. They're not empathy or understanding. And we need to stop finding other people's silver lining. And now I hear that a lot of what I'm saying might seem like I'm against silver linings. But like I mentioned back in the beginning, I'm good with silver linings. As long as I'm the one to find it in my life. And as long as you're the one to find it in your life. I mean, learning to see the good in situations, learning to acknowledge the process, learning to manufacture hope, learning to choose better thoughts. These are all practices that I've done and that I believe in and that I find value in when it's appropriate. But I got to tell you, when I was going through grief, the one thing that I didn't know was that it's okay to go through grief. It's okay to be sad. It's okay if I couldn't choose joy. It's okay if all I could see were storm clouds and never a silver lining. Because what I, what I learned was how to embrace all that life is, both the good and the bad, in order to live a more fulfilling life. Uh, friend, it, it's not a coincidence that I changed the focus and the name of my podcast to Both End on the tale of the most painful, grief-filled journey in my life. Because it was the first time that I fully allowed myself to accept that life is both tragic and wonderful. That life is both easy and hard. That life is both peaceful and disturbing. That life is both and... That came as a result of grief. So if it's on us to find our own silver lining, what do we do instead? What do we do instead for the people in our life that are going through hard times? And I'm going to tell you this. It's simple what I'm about to say, but it's not easy. And here it is. We hold hope for them. We hold joy for them. We hold peace for them. We hold all the things that they can't hold for themselves. And we tell them we're doing this. We say things like, I know you can't see hope in this situation. You know what? I feel like these words that I'm about to say, they are for someone specific. They are for all of us, but they are for someone specific. So I'm going to say them to this person, whoever you are. I know you can't see hope in this situation. So I'm going to hold on to it for you. I'm going to stand with you in your grief. 
I'm going to lock arms with you. I'm going to stand under these rain clouds with you for as long as you need. And I want you to know that while you use your energy to survive, I will use mine to hope. I will keep hope alive for you and I will believe in good things for you so that you can focus on getting through. And while you grieve, I will hold your heart and your deepest desires so that you have one less thing to carry. We're going to leave it there. As always, keep an open mind, open heart, open hands, and stay curious. I'll talk to you soon. All right, one last thing before you go. If you liked the podcast, do me a favor and subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to podcasts. We're all over the place, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we are probably there. So go ahead and subscribe and also share this. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, and share it on social media. And if you do, tag me so that I can see it. I am at Gentry Lesby on all the socials. So find me there, follow me there, and share this episode on social media and be sure to tag me. And of course, last but not least, do me a favor and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That way, more people can find it. It's a really simple thing to do. All right, that's it. You can go back to whatever you were doing now. Thanks for listening.